and welcome to this new episode of So Tell Me, a podcast where I talk to people about their education experiences, get opinions on higher education, and talk to people about what information they think the world should know more about. I'm your host, Kim Wardle. Let's get into the episode. Hi everyone, welcome back. We were a little break this month, but we're back with a new episode just before Christmas. I have a new guest with me. Let's get straight in. So tell me. Who are you and how do we know each other? Hi, um, yeah, my name's Andrew Chogsbidza, and we know each other through my sister Chi Chi Chogsbidza. You two are very uh, close friends. Mm-hmm. I've met her a few times uh, and also met at my other sister Danny's birthday party. So that's mm-hmm. how we each other. As we've talked about, you had a very interesting experience with higher education and getting to where you are now. So I wondered if you could maybe talk backwards a little bit and talk about where you are now and in general terms, how you got there. Okay, yeah. Um, assistant quantities of air for a firm in the southwest of England. Mm-hmm. I've recently completed my post postgraduate diploma, done an undergrad in, in, a, in a construction management, uh, done a foundation mm-hmm. degree as well. And I went to another uni before that, but we can talk about that later. So you got loads of education under your belt. <laughs> yeah, I think enough to last a lifetime. Right. So you wouldn't want to do any more? You said you got your um, postgraduate certificate. You don't fancy doing any well, more education? Diploma. I didn't want to do the master's because oh, I've yeah. already just done another dissertation for the undergrad and it was a similar field. And I just thought I can still get right. into my career and get my chartership without doing the master's. So why put myself through the dissertation? Just yeah, like, honestly. Before. What was your undergraduate dissertation on, and why did that lead you to want to do the certificate? Well, I I done the undergrad in uh, construction management. The dissertation was uh, construction skills shortage in the uh, industry because mm. I feel like our industry sort of reflects the economy. It's almost a cyclical site uh, like a uh, structure for industry uh, dependent on how well our economy is doing interesting generally the construction industry is a good indicator so you know uh, there's a 2008 financial crash a lot of people left the industry because a lot of firms went under and a lot of people left right. either immigrated or retrained which then left this huge skill shortage in the construction mm. industry for construction managers, quantity surveyors and other professionals. There was sort of a drive to get more people back into it. It's been a continuous drive. So my, my dissertation was just, you know, delving deeper into that, just understanding uh, what what things can be implemented to improve mm. staff retention or, or retraining of other, other staff in the industry. Wow, yeah. And how, I mean, you might not want to talk about COVID, but how has COVID had a similar impact as the yeah, exactly. That, that that is... That is actually a good point because, you know, our, our, our practice, we have uh, the private residentials, you know, the big multi-million pound houses, bespoke mm. uh, ones, we have apartment blocks we work on as well. Uh, we have, what else do we have? We have um, commercial sides, so, you know, like the vet groups, so we do a lot for vets. And the oh, big, interesting. big part for us was uh, the retail sector. So, you know, the pubs, restaurants, right. uh, those sort of things. So I think that was a large uh, percentage of our revenue. And that just shut down, didn't it? So yeah, um, the 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 industry is not going to be like the pub manager. I'm going to be like, we're going to renovate when we're shut, and we're not going to make this return, uh, this money back. So it's, it's all a capital investment mm. construction projects to drive more customers in. So you're not going to spend more money if you're not bringing it in. Uh, right, so, exactly. So pretty much half our revenue was cut out, and yeah, unfortunately we had to have redundancies. Um, 
mm. one of the big big pub pub groups uh, that we work with. They had a, a thing like fifty BDMs, which are called build and develop managers, the sort of project managers, and they mm-hmm. cut down to six. So you know wow. that's, that's how that's, that's how yeah. big it's had an impact on the you know pub industry. Because they say you know it's just the restaurants that can't cope, but it's also has a knock on effect because the people that do this building maintenance, there's people like mm. us who do the project capital spends and there's people back of house that, you know, watch the construction budgets on their end. So it's, yes, it's a, it's a big impact in the construction industry. Wow. So do you think that a lot of people moved out of the construction industry or do you think just a lot of people have just lost jobs and not been able to pick up any I, new professions? I think it's a bit of both because um, mm. I feel like a lot of people will lose their jobs, one, mm. But a lot of people might have to take a lower paying job. So let's say, you know, a senior quantity right. might have to take a quantity severe job because there's so much demand. And then the people that are my level, the junior level, might then be having to shift elsewhere because people with more experience are taking your job now because, you know, they right. don't get what they can get. Yeah, shuffle down the chain. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but luckily for me, my practice did make some redundancies, but my position was not up for that. So, I was, you know, I was very happy. Excellent. Congrats. <laughs> So you did your degree. How did the opportunity come about to do further education from that point? Well, yeah, I finished my dis- degree, mm-hmm. got graduated. I said, you know, look, I'm giving myself till the summer, till September, uh, till the new year, you know, in England, ac- mm-hmm. academic year, September onwards. Uh, so I said, if I don't find anything by July, August, I'm going to do a master's. I learned project management or quantity surveying, but I didn't want right. to do quantity surveying. Project management. I'd already done um, quantity survey, uh, project management as an undergrad, so I said, you know, let's go for something slightly mm-hmm. different, but within the industry. Just applying, applying, wasn't successful, and then I said, okay, I'm going to go for the po- post-grad mm-hmm. uh, diploma. How does that differ? You just say it doesn't do a dissertation? Is that the only difference? Yeah, so so w- when you go into, like, a master, so you can do the postgraduate certificate, which is, I think, let's say 60 credits, uh, postgraduate diploma right. is, like, 90 credits, and then the master's is 120 credits. So I was in the middle. So you do all the assignments. It's just no, you do all the assignments the same as a master's. You just don't do the dissertation. Right. And as you said, you'd already done a dissertation. You didn't want to do another one. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I was just using this degree as a stepping stone into the quantity surveying mm-hmm. uh, field. Because in our industry, there's, a, there's several institutes like CIOB, Chartered Institute Ooh. of Builders. RICS, which is the Royal Institute of Chartered mm-hmm. Surveyors, which is the big one that they want you to have. And my degree, my undergraduate degree, was accredited by both. Oh, nice. Yeah, so when people usually do the quantity surveyor masters, they might have come from a degree like maths, science, or, or another background, and they're using that as right. a stepping stone to get into that. So usually those degrees are not accredited uh, by the Royal Institute of Chartered Surveyors or, or CIOB. So that's why they, you know, do the full masters to get the mm-hmm. accreditation. But I was just getting that um, diploma, so she, you know, I can do the work, I can do it at this level, but I'm already, you know, got an accredited already accredited, yeah. So my further professional um, career will not be affected because I'm already on the on got an accredited accredited degree. Nice. So it's just kind of beefed up your CV a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, because it'd been it'd been a lot harder. To, to, to let's say I just became a construction manager for a few years and then I want to become a quantity surveyor without that postgraduate diploma so it's right. harder but if I've got a postgraduate diploma in quantity surveying or a master's or a degree in, master's in, in quantity surveying I can switch over to project management 
a lot mm. easier as opposed to the other way, uh, which actually brings me back to like, yeah, like I said, I went to uh, my undergrad and I went to master's by the and at a foundation degree before that. Right. Tell yeah. me about that. Yeah. So that was a built environment. Um, sorry, I'm going off on a tangent here, but I was built environment. No, no, please do. Environments. So let me start again. Sorry, I went to a university of Plymouth. That mm-hmm. was my first university. Okay. I didn't like that. I then right. went to UWE, University West of England in Bristol, where I done a uh, foundation degree. Uh, mm-hmm. Because we, we, you can talk about Plymouth later, because something happened there, so I had to start again. And then, right when when I done my foundation degree, I wanted to do construction management at at Bristol University, University of Bristol, mm-hmm. and they said we're not running it this year. And I was like, okay, what? Yeah, they said, <laughs> I think they were restructuring. I think they thought it wasn't compared to other universities. It wasn't uh, as good uh, as a program right. in the university. So they said, you know. Why don't you do quantity surveying? At that time, I was young. I didn't really know what quantity surveying was. To be honest. I was like, right. no way, I ain't doing that, man. I want to do, you know, construction <laughs> management. So that's what then made me move to Wolverhampton, to the University of Wolverhampton. Right. Um, so uh, that's why I chose. But, you know, University of Bristol, University West of England, I loved it. It was good structure. They were very helpful, supported me throughout. It was just a shame they didn't have the, you know, that course. Right, right. It's weird how that works out. So, high school. Let's talk. Yeah, let's. Okay, let's go into it about Plymouth and and. So you were in high school. Mm-hmm. You were applying to university. What were you applying for? Where Where was your head at at that okay, point? Okay, so my head at then was you know family like you know you need to do something good. You know, right. Traditional African families like a doctor, scientist, right. you know, physician or pharmacist or something. And I was like, okay, I'm going down the engineering path. I liked mm-hmm. it. I was very interested in civil engineering growing up. I was like obsessed. It's a random thing, but I was obsessed with like uh, <laughs> structures, bridges, a lot of that sort of area. Okay. And Plymouth is a very good engineering university, and I was like, you know, that's that's the one. Um, I wanted Checks London. The boxes. Yeah, I wanted London. My and my, you know, my parents were a bit like, uh, you know, you're a young man. <laughs> We'd rather you not go to London because right, right. we've moved out of London, so you know, it's better if you. If you go somewhere more quietly, you can concentrate on your studies. Um, so it was like Plymouth, Wolverhampton, I think it was Nottingham and another university I had offers mm-hmm. for. And I just, yeah, settled for Plymouth. And then I went there and I had a partner at the time uh, who was actually now my wife. Um, so she was doing nursing and we just said, you know, mm-hmm. go down there, live together and, you know, first bit of freedom. And yeah, yeah, and we went down there and... And then just started the course there. So what was the, you did civil engineering, just straight civil engineering? Yeah, I think, I believe it was civil, civil engineering or a foundation in civil engineering. Because I, at high school, I didn't do A-levels. I'd done a thing called BTEC, which is a bit more for vocational one. Right, And right. I think the grades, like, they weren't fully recognised there. So they said, you know, because of the math side, there's a lot of math side. I would rather you do the foundation degree, which is heavily math. Right. So you're ready for that, you know, that step up in into engineering mathematics. And did you want to stay at Plymouth? So you're doing a foundation year. Does yeah. that mean that you wanted to then apply to do a full undergraduate? Yeah, so at I think, yeah, that was yeah. So it was like a it was like a four year course. You do the foundation degree and then you do your three years civil engineering. Oh, I see. Um, okay. As long as you pass, and yeah, just I just 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 didn't get on with Plymouth. Okay. My partner was doing nursing, so that like, we had an accommodation together. She she was. She had a placement back up in Somerset, which is another, let's say, 150 miles mm-hmm. away. So she was back up here most of the time. 
and right. I was there by myself. Um, I think it was a lot of factors. Like, I, and then I just started uh, losing weight. Was becoming very isolated. Right. Um, right. Didn't talk to anyone. Just just stopped. You know, attending lectures. Just things like that. And my my partner was like, you know, I think I think you need to go to the doctors and you know just talk. Just just to just see what they're saying. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and that was, you know, like, you, you know what it's like in England. It's a bit of a men, you know, boys don't, yeah. like, don't talk about it culture. And I was like, you know, I'm fine, I'm fine. But then my partner was like, you're losing a lot of weight. You're not eating. You've lost your appetite. So I went there, mm. spoke to the doctor, and they were just like, you know, we think we think you're you're depressed. And they were just, right. it's just, she was trying to delve deeper into it, and she was trying to talk about, you know, what's happened, the surgery, et cetera. And then, I, and then she was just like, you know, I was like, okay, a year or two ago, my father did die, you know, just before my 16th birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really talked about it, never really processed it. And, and then she went to see some guidance and, and then they believed that, you know, that might have been the cause. It was like sort of delayed, delayed morning. Right. Sort of. And I think it all caught up to me, you know, I was isolated, thinking to myself, keeping thoughts to myself. And right, right, of course. All, all of a pylon effect, and then yeah. So, Plymouth for me wasn't a very good, good time. I hardly earned. Mm. Didn't. I don't even think. I just about scraped like a minimum pass, pass mark okay. for that course. But yeah, Plymouth was just like every time I think of it. Honestly, it's just bad memories. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I think as well. Like people forget that university in general before all the other stuff that ended up piling on for you university is a very stressful experience you're away from your family and like you said you you can end up being isolated especially if other things are going on it's so easy to get like caught up and not realize that you're not looking after yourself yeah so so you were like cut your losses passed at Plymouth and then decided to move yeah so I was like you know let's come back up Let's go back to Yui. Mm-hmm. Um, that's forty minutes from where I live. I love mm-hmm. the school. I love everything about. It. I love the culture. I just like immerse myself there. I came back up here. I was doing the course. I was actually driving, driving up for a little while. And after a while, just you know, city driving. So I was just like, I can't do this. I need to. I need to. Yeah, not in Bristol. Yeah, I need to get accommodation in the in the city. So which I did. And you know, mm-hmm. I was pressing there. I was enjoying it. I was just. It was, it was, it was, I think about it now, it's just incredible, like, such a stark contrast between Plymouth and right. Bristol and just myself, like, like, I was a lot more, you know, outgoing, I was attending social events, I was attending clubs, I was, I was uh, participating in, um, I can't remember what they call it, it's like the student body where you're like a student rep. And, you mm-hmm. know, like the union? The yeah, the, the, the union and things like yeah. that, and I was just like, in Plymouth, I was just by myself, I was in a shell. Right. Uh, so, yeah, that helped, obviously. That then reflected on my grades, and I was passing. And right. I was very happy, like you know, achieving a good, good two, two, one grade, uh, which is for me, like you know, I, I was happy with. <laughs> that's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, and then that was when we spoke to the, you know, about progressing to the next year. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give to someone that's maybe realised that they're not doing well, they're not enjoying where they are? What What would your like overall advice be for? for someone in the same position as you like what would you have said to yourself back then I would have said to myself talk to someone sooner you know not <laughs> right. not just not just like friends or family or even just go to the student uh, union like you said 
and mm. keep them say you know I'm not happy and I'm not this or, or however you're feeling at that time and they can actually advise you they can also you know say you can switch to this course because I've never right. been that open so I feel like you just got to open up and just just be open open to ideas and, and not just say you know because I'm not enjoying this this is the end like I've got to go back home that's it mm-hmm. and I feel yeah, yeah if you talk to people if you if you if you put yourself out there you will learn new experiences and new ways of thinking and just just how to do things differently to what you've always been taught mm. yeah I think that's really important being open I think the other thing as well is you're not going to notice if things are wrong if you're not interacting with other people and you're exactly. not seeing what could be better I agree so after your Plymouth Foundation degree you did your full degree your undergraduate degree no, I done another foundation degree. Another foundation degree, and yeah. then you went and did your undergraduate degree yeah, in Wolverhampton. Yeah. Okay, so, talk to me a little about a bit about like how going from the foundation degree to your undergraduate degree was. Uh I thought it was good because a lot of the stuff I done in the foundation degree at UWE was the same as the first year for the oh. undergraduate. So mm-hmm. I got to go straight into second year. And bypass the first year. Oh, what? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, that foundation degree at Bristol and the Wolverhampton undergrad was together was three years as opposed to four years. Nice. That's that's really cool. Yeah. So yeah, Plymouth, uh, Wolverhampton. You know, uh, went up there, started my uh, undergrad, just second year. Just yeah, was, you know, you know, it's like uni. Get out there, go go do friends, and that was when I was very happy then, and then. Started joining all the uh, local clubs such as rugby mm-hmm. and other sports, and then I also chose to do a placement as well. Okay, as where pl- did you do your placement? Uh, in a place called Oswestry, so it's like on the border Ooh. between North Wales and uh, Shropshire, which is you know sort of near Wrexham area. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a small small building contracting company, and and they were very good. Um, uh, gave me a lot of exposure to the industry, what a site manager does, what a project manager does, and that's where I started to learn about quantity surveying. I was and I was seeing that generally a construction manager starts as a tradesman in in, in the construction industry, right. whether it be a carpenter, a bricklayer, and then as they move on to foreman and siteman, that is the site manager. That's a natural mm-hmm. that's a natural progression, and my and my degree was sort of show me like I can't do that position with a degree but I don't necessarily need a degree so I could have you know gone through the trades route and ended up right. in the same position interesting looking back on it would you have preferred to do the trade route or do you think that doing your degree was better or worse uh hmm that's a good question like, if you didn't have any pressure, obviously, from, like, because there's, like, family influence and all the other influences as well. If you didn't have any of that. I, I feel I would, actually, like, you're right. I probably would go down that route and, you know, mm. train myself up because I'm very, I feel like I'm a, I'd like to have my own business. Uh, mm. And if I could have become self-employed in that way, I would have enjoyed that, to be honest. I, I enjoy my job now, but I would have enjoyed that just as much as well. Um, yeah. But I also like the, you know, commercial professional setting, and I feel going through that trade route I wouldn't gain exposure to that so mm. so yeah yeah I, I actually would have enjoyed that I think that's a good question yeah I think it's so difficult to know like looking back too because you'll never not have the experience that you've had and obviously having a placement means you kind of 
did get more hands-on experience but yeah uni is such a different way of life from working and and all that kind of stuff yeah do you think that it would have been i don't want to say quicker but more time efficient to have done uni or do you think it was more time efficient to have doing a trade and then building up i feel it would be more efficient to do i think <clears throat> I, I, it depends on your application, I feel. I feel okay. um, if you're a very motivated trade professional uh, profession and, uh, and you, you, know, you have the knowledge uh, and, and the know-how of how to progress, I think mm. efficiency-wise, that would be the best route to become a, right. a construction manager. However, to become a project manager or, you know, yeah, a project manager in the, in the commercial sort of side i feel mm-hmm. i feel you you need to have a uh, a degree uh, really okay, you need that foundation the math side the the law side whereas the um the trade route it teaches you how to work with people and how to understand the you know the technical side of the building mm. but, but the commercial side and the law side which is also very important in the construction industry you you learn more through your degree Right, right. So you kind of had the best of both worlds when doing a placement. Did your placement change your outlook on your degree, like in terms of like your direction, or did it just confirm ideas that you already had? Yeah. So it it actually yeah it changed it changed the direction I wanted to take my career because I feel mm-hmm. maybe if I didn't have that placement, I went straight into the industry. I'd have wanted to not do my postgraduate and and become a, a quantity surveyor. Right. Because uh, that, yeah, because you know, when you're working in multidisciplinary teams, you will meet the quantity surveyor, you will meet the contract manager, you will meet the commercial manager, and mm. you know, speaking to them, get getting exposure from them, talking to them, it was, it opened my eyes to you know, quantity surveying is you look after the contracts, uh, you attend site meetings, client meetings, you progress with payment, you mm-hmm. with valuations, and you can also manage projects yourself so it's it's the best of both worlds right and so that that was why i was like you know what why not why don't i try try to do the postgrad and and try and become a quantity surveyor so yeah placement opened my eyes it helped me see how the construction industry works and Mm. helped me hone where i want to go which direction better did you have an idea of what your placement was going to be or was it thrust upon like did you the placement just get given to you or did you apply no, for the um, specific so placement? I think I like like it's like a student body who you speak to and they arrange the placements so they're right. saying what do you want what what you're looking for and I, I was like you know I want to gain exposure I want to gain experience but they were pushing more of the sandwich year where you take the full year out and right you then come back because I think that works better for them in terms of credits so I don't know if they yeah. get points and things like that but I was like, you know, I've already, I've already been at uni for nearly two, three years now. I can't add another <laughs> year. I need to finish right. the degree. So I was like, you know, I'm going to take the risk. And and because my uni lectures were three days, and I was going to work two days. And that's what I'd done for six, oh. nine months, as well as my uh, uh, studies, just so I mm. could cram it in and still gain exposure, but without adding another year uh, to my studies, because, you know, it's not free. And I, I am, I am yeah. paying with it. We do get student loans, but, you know, it was... We still got to pay it back eventually. Yeah, it's still extortionate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's a really interesting uh, way to do a placement. I don't know if I've met anyone that did a placement where they did work and study at the same time. How did you find balancing that? It was hard um, because um, 
Yeah, because you know you got to do assignments, especially when there's group right. group uh, meetings, and they're like, you know, they're, they're like, oh, why can't we meet on the Thursday or Friday? So I'm like, oh no, I'm working, so I can't, I'm busy, I can't, man. Yeah, get get to it. <laughs> meet you and and the the drive to the place was at least 40 50 minutes each way so oh wow yeah, yeah so i was nearly two hours travel time a day uh those two days so those days were just a wipeout and i think it was just working smart so in terms of i i didn't like i did go out once to party but it might have been like one once or twice a, a semester or a term because uh, mm-hmm. i had to you know prioritize my studies because i was like right i can easily I can easily stray and 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 lose my path and become, you know, swamped in work. So I had to prioritize mm. that over everything else. So I would all that yeah. All I do was just literally study, meet my groups for the group work, and work, and that was it, literally. Yeah, getting your getting your nose to the grindstone yeah. for a year, but then I guess it paid off for you, right? Was it easy to get that placement? How easy was it for the uni- for the university to offer you that? Or were they trying to fight you on, on doing that as an option? Uh, well, they were fighting it. But when I had the interview, the guy was, uh, the director was happy with me, talked to me about the company. He said, you right. tell me what you want. Do you want it as a oh, nice. placement? Do you want it as a summer thing? Or do you want it like that? And I told him and he was very open. He was, he was happy. And he's like, okay, we can do that. And yeah, so he's like, you know, if if you want to stay after this placement, we can offer you a job after your degree as well. Uh, but he wanted to train me more in the route of a contracts manager as opposed right. to construction manager where I'm on site. So contra- contracts manager, you have like three or four sites and you're going to see the site managers on site to see how their projects are going. So you're looking after mm-hmm. a set of construction projects, uh, which is where my point is again about the degree is like the degree sort of pushes you more to that side where you're managing, managing two or three sites at a time whereas right. if you go through the trade route you're you're forming a site manager you more or less just look after that site as opposed to having a plethora of sites uh, at your disposal mm. so did you prefer having like a singular fight or like a smaller focus but being able to put more time into it or do you think you would like eventually to have multiple sites that you can multiple oversee sites because I'm yeah. I like my brain is constantly ticking. I'm always thinking, what's the next plan? What's the next? <laughs> and I like that just works for me. It's perfect. I love it. Honestly, right. it's like don't get me wrong. Sometimes it's stressful. Like mm-hmm. like with the pub stuff as well, which I do not, which I I did know there, there'll be like three or four sites going on. And you're trying to think what the costs there. Someone's calling you about the the project. How much we got left to spend on that one? And so it's just sort of about things like that. It's balancing it. Can, become quite exciting just trying to keep all that math and just trying to keep it all on budget for several projects whereas one trying to keep one project at hand can become you know quite let's say mundane quite boring tedious yeah it's just it's just one thing that's taking up all your time don't get me wrong if it's if it's some big project that might be in london that might be like 20 30 million pound that's a lot more involved than as opposed to the smaller smaller scale projects right right so in terms of, again, let's get some ad- more advice in here. What would you say to someone who needs more experience but is doing their degree? How do you think they should approach getting work experience? First of all, uh, well, I don't know how it works in other degrees because there's a lot of, um, in our course, there's a lot of people that are working already. Okay. In the, so in the construction industry, a lot of people might be doing two days a week at uni and and a day at another company uh, as a part-time five-year degree as opposed to a three-year degree. Oh, okay, um, interesting. So, so also try and speak to them, try and make friends, just see what companies they're doing, 
uh, also speak to the um, your deans or your your cohort because they mm. will then specialize and can actually further advise you because they they manage if they can work with me and you know get me through a lot of, <laughs> a lot of people with more conventional routes or or straightforward uh, queries that's their bread and butter they'll be able to help with that and right, I just, I just right. feel like it's their job and and yeah it's their job but a lot of people are passionate in that industry so they want to be you know helping you they want to be trying to uh progress you and give you other opportunities yeah i i can see that i can definitely networking definitely helps yeah. with a lot of placements and things like that and don't just say because i'm doing this degree this is the only thing i can do have a look at your degree go speak to them say you know they might give you two or three sort of possible possibilities your degree can trail off to and then you can right. then further research into those fields and say actually i am doing this degree but that speciality of this degree interests me more so i'm going to research that more and then mm. go speak to them and say actually you know this is this you gave me these three i've narrowed it down to this one i'd like to progress with this one so so it gives you idea you know take make the initial contact get a get the information and then go back and say now what actually interests me and what do i want to do yeah totally this might be a redundant question i'm assuming it will be but do you feel like your path that you've taken was a lot of false starts or do you feel like it just ended up being building blocks for where you are now it was false starts that became building blocks basically uh because, okay. <laughs> because you know plymouth i didn't i didn't really get anywhere but mm-hmm. it, it, it helped me find who i am and understand myself and come right. through a dark place so you know I, I dislike Plymouth but at the same time it helped me build and become who I am today mm. and uh, Bristol was was very frustrating because I wanted to stay there but I couldn't right. uh, so uh, you know that was another lesson you know you had to you know move and adapt and think on mm. your feet quickly as well and then Wolverhampton was you know was the was the you know last arrival, last dance and that that was really what set me up to where i am today yeah it's kind of unfortunate fortunate circumstances yeah exactly <laughs> so what's the the future look like any so you said you're you don't want to do a dissertation but is there any further study in the books or yeah, progressing sometimes, through sometimes your I, job i question myself and say should I, <laughs> should I go back do i want a phd i'm like PhD, I think for me that was pushing it because, okay. and unless in my industry, unless you know, you want to go into further research or become a you know professor at a university, mm-hmm. career-wise, it's not really important to be to to, be, to get that PhD. Uh, right. Uh, yeah, because yes, yeah, it's, it's not going to benefit me or the company in any way. Mm-hmm. But um, at the moment, I'm doing uh, further study, which is the um. RICS APC, so it helps you become a chartered uh, quantity surveyor, which sort of puts you in the, in the, in the upper echelon of surveyors and Ooh, you know, shows, okay. yeah, shows your, you, you work to the highest of standards, basically. And, right. Uh, and, you know, just sort of like, I feel that's, that is the next step for me. And that's what we're doing with my company. So it's like a two year course. Um, you have to write, I think, 600 days of diaries. Uh, daily logs to show your progression to sort of say you know i think i think might have like 10 to 12 competencies which might be contract law ethics right. uh con- contract dispute and res- alternate resolution resolution uh all those fields related to quantity survey and cost management mm-hmm. and so each day you might say you know this project i've done evaluation 
that's that's hit that competency and, and and I think what they want to see over those six hundred days is is you starting at you know let's say level one and ending at level ten say right uh, right and then after that you will then so you have to have a project which is uh, for significant size which will then write a a sort of summary and a, a report on just to show what you've um what you've done and what you've what involvement you've had on that project mm-hmm. uh to sort of you know to show that you've progressed and you've actually had a a good input and then once you've done that and they've approved that uh you've summarized all the competencies you then go for the final inter- interview final assessment mm-hmm. where that is sort of like yeah you you have three chartered surveyors in front of you uh you get your presentation they question you about your project and the, almost like a defense yeah a... yeah literally and and they want to so they they want you to they want to see that you can prove you know enough to qualify as a you know right they don't want you to know everything but they want you to know every basic thing needed for your role and, mm. and then some and uh for me i think that's 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 what opens doors for the next level of your career where you want to become the senior quantity surveyor where you want to become an associate of a uh, of a company or a director um and i feel you can do it without them but with those it shows you are working to the highest of level and and you can provide the best service and the and the best support to your uh company right like a sort of seal of approval yeah exactly and it's just simple thing with our with our company with things like uh valuations where you know you go to to the site you see the the work you measure it and then you you sign it off to say yes i am going i agree with you i'm going to pay you this mm-hmm. uh, i can do the i can do the valuation but i cannot p- sign the payment certificate uh, that is then sent to the contractor for approval. Uh, in our company, we only al- allow um, chartered surveyors to do that because you know right. you're signing off sometimes hundreds of thousands of pounds. Right. They approve this payment uh, and you've measured it to your best of ability. So until I'm that, I've got that. I can only do the measuring and pass it on to the partner, but they have to certify it officially. Right. So you basically want to be able to do the work and then also approve your own work (laughs) yeah we still have our in-house checking process because you know right right it's just that formal you know finishing touch yeah i i have i have approved this work because uh you know you're 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 working with these contractors and then uh the partners signing it off and i just feel i just feel it's important to to want to progress and just 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 be the best version of you like never be the best person ever but you can always try to strive to be the best version of yourself yeah totally so you said that you have to work on a project of significant size like what does that mean like what is the size like how do you determine the size of the project um, like is it money or yeah scale? So I, I think it's also scale project project uh length so uh, okay. i've spoke to a lot of the surveyors that have become chartered in our, our field and some mm-hmm. of them working in London, like multi-million pound apartment blocks. Some of wow. them were, I think the smallest one was, um, like I think like a two or three million pound. Whoa. Uh, that was that was burnt down. And <laughs> it was an interesting case because uh, it was the insurance claim. So the quantity surveyor had to deal with the insurance side of that, which is not quite common within our industry. And it, that sort of showed a speciality. So um, when they questioned that, it might not have been the biggest project, but it was it was unique 
So it's just things yeah. like that. It's like so several factors. Generally, it is the project size. I think it's, let's say over circa. Don't quote me. It's just figures. Is it? Let's say a million. It's like usually a larger project. Um, right. Okay. It's, it's about. It's also about the level of involvement you've been on because mm. you you might have been on a x amount of million pound project, but you've only you know done one estimate on it or or one right. part of the project. That's not enough to justify that you've been fully involved in that project. Right. Whereas if it's a smaller project, um, but there's been lots of errors, uh, you've dug up and you've realised there's no foundations and you've had to recost that and you know you've constantly shown you've had to adapt and and use your quantity surveying skills. Mm-hmm. That will then justify to them that yeah you are a, a fully qualified uh, surveyor and you you do know how to deal with this situation. Right. Interesting. Yeah. It's it's much more multifaceted than I anticipated. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, for the design industry, you you generally the contract administrator. So you so like if something has to happen on site, you can you have to instruct it. An architect can also do that, but mm-hmm. now it's getting past the quantity survey a lot more and we've got to deal with the contracts we've got to deal with the cost side cost side right. and then obviously if you're and that's that's like so there's two sides to quantity surveying you're like a pqs which is what i am which is you work for the client to advise them because generally you know it might be uh, a client they're not a construction specialist so they need someone on their side right the contractor qs where they work for the contractor the builder and they do slightly different so they're coming to you coming for assessment uh, so I might let's say let's, let's say there's a project. I'll come up with a tender. I'll come up with a schedule of works, and I'll send it to the contractor's QS. He'll come mm-hmm. up with the cost, and we can negotiate and come up with a final contract. And then he'll be saying, "I've claimed for this work so far on this project. I'll go measure and say yes to the client. I recommend that you pay." Right. Uh, so it's like holding each other accountable, basically. Yeah. So so you always need such the cost side of things. So that's how that's how projects projects can spiral out of control if you're you're not you know taking care of them and and you're not on it yeah interesting so this is a bit off topic well it's related but just a general curiosity when you see projects that are started you know like you'll drive through estates and they'll be like half the houses are built but there's not any more progress Mm -hmm. what what is the reason for that why does that happen it can be several factors. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what I know, because obviously uh, that's not my speciality, but what I know from that mm-hmm. is houses are often sold in stages and for cash flow, right. for the business end, some contractors will say, we'll only start the next phase once X amount of houses or X amount of plots have been sold before we go to the next thing. Because it's, it's all a business, it's all a business case. And, you know, you don't want to over-invest and then you've got plots sitting there, so it's better to sort mm-hmm. of go through stages. Interesting. And is that the same for commercial or? Uh, commercial is slightly different because we well, we're like one of our projects called Brewery Square in Dorchester, okay. uh, is a is a mount, is a big big development. So it's like re- refurbished the whole area, built new offices. So that would be impossible. Mm. You know, you might try and rent a certain area off plan and then go on to the next ch- stage because you use that. The sales from this to fund the next stage, right? So that's how it sort of sort of works. But also in commercial, um, so like I said in the in the pub industry mm. or the retail stuff, it's a uh, how do I say it? it's like it's capital project. So they they might see the they might do X amount of sales this year. They'll look at the accounts and they'll say, okay, this pub's done this, this pub's done that. So we will decide that 
we are going to spend X amount on here to because we think that will bring an extra, let's say, £5 per head by do, right. uh, a certain amount of funds. And the, there's different levels. You know, there's, like, the, the general stuff, which is just, like, you know, family pub dining. There's a lot of the finer restaurants. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's all very deep analysis to see how much spending X amount of money can bring you that return by the footfall you're bringing back. So you don't right, want to overspend, right. but you don't want to underspend so that um, – that no one really noticed a, di- a difference because then you're losing money. And here I was thinking I just turn up at the pub and eat and leave. Yeah. So much more. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like even, even <laughs> myself before before I started for this uh, company, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know that this 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 much you know development and and back back of house work to pub work. Yeah, that's amazing. And yeah, it's crazy that you know they have this many teams and they're deciding. But they already know next year what they're spending on a certain amount of pubs due to this financial yeah. year and things like that. Wow, that's that's really interesting. Um, so I wondered if you wanted to finish off with talking about, uh, do you have a favourite project that you've worked on or like a project you're particularly proud of or anything like that? I'd say, okay, so a project I'm currently working on now is in the southwest uh, in Cornwall, and that's a mm-hmm. project I've been involved with to date. But what I like about that is, is, is that it's a new build veterinary hospital and Ooh. it's just incredible it's just like you know you're, you're seeing it from it was just a field basically before and it's oh. it's, it's, it's becoming an enormous hospital it's got ct scanners um all, all, all the all the equipment a modern hospital has i did i i just didn't know that veterinary hospitals have the same they've got surgical rooms dental rooms yeah. and it's, yeah it's just yeah it's just incredible and we've had to think of uh uh, connecting drains to the uh, public sewers and and just sort of things like that have just just been challenging me as I progress. And I feel in the last three years since I've been qualified, this project as I've just seen leaps and bounds in my progression of understanding how projects work, understanding mm. how to work with different different uh, people, and just just how I've developed on this project has been incredible. So I appreciate appreciate it from that side. Yeah, totally. And I suppose seeing it from start to finish is super beneficial because it's almost like the project is yours to to look at and and understand. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's such a big big uh leap for me because when I when I was assigned for this project, like the, the partner was like, you know, it's a bit sooner than we wanted to do with you, <laughs> but we we have no doubt, you know, you could succeed. And that was just right. like a tap on the shoulder, a tap on the back for everything. You're like, you know, I am doing something right, at least. Yeah, like, clearly. You're just like, oh, okay, yeah, it's all paying off now, finally. Like, I'm right. right, and that was just, that. yeah, that just made me, that just, yeah, I was just thrilled with hearing that. It was incredible. Yeah, of course. Confidence boost to the max. Yeah, exactly, because, <laughs> don't get me wrong, you're working with a lot of numbers, and then sometimes, like, like you might make a slight mistake, and, and that's one thing I've got to say is, if you make a mistake, come up with it don't try and cover it don't do anything just be honest you know because everyone makes mistakes and that that's what my part my part like the partner of the company always says to me like you know i I'm, i've got 20 30 years of experience i still make mistakes so don't worry it's just you know you just got to be very careful you've got to be very aware double check things and that's why it's good to have that in-house uh checking process for someone mm. else to check your work you don't want to sign off x amount of money and then and then you've actually be like actually I think I'm twenty thousand pound out. What am I gonna do? Oh, no. Or, or, or I'm twenty thousand things over. It's just things like that. It's like that's why it's always good to 
be honest and have another someone check it and just things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. You've made it this far with all the the changes and the sort of pivots in direction. What would be your final advice for someone getting to where you are now and you know, making sure that they have the the best knowledge and experience to become uh, a chartered quantity surveyor? I'd say read, you know, it's important to just read uh, before you even start the degrees. You see different companies, but there's a lot of different options now because uh, a lot of things like uh, like uh, you can become a quantity surveyor through an apprenticeship. So now they'll start you from, mm. uh, from, from you know, just finishing school, take you on from there, uh, sort of take you the practical side of, of things, have you do the longer degree whilst you're still working. And you can also, you know, come to my way where you just go through the formal degree and 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 understand and learn it that way. But now mm-hmm. it seems like there's becoming more open. They're, they're realizing the degree route isn't just the only way for people. There's other other right. ways you can do it. And yeah, so just just research that. There's plenty of companies. There's plenty of sites sites like the engineering boards. Uh, just have a look at that and try and join forums. Try and talk to people. Uh, and people are always happy to help no matter uh, what industry I feel there's everyone always wants to help each other mm. that's always a good a good place to be yeah when people want to help but yeah thank you so much this was very interesting and I didn't fully appreciate all the work that goes into construction and, and buildings and pubs and things like that so yeah I really really appreciate you talking to me no thanks for your time and uh, ho- I hope you know other people will hear this and and can feel like you know if they're struggling or they're not getting the grades they want they can still do it just just keep at it keep pushing you'll get there it's a long process but you'll get there yeah i mean what better message is there than this in this covid time than just to keep pushing forward and keep going for it yeah we'll make it we'll make it out we've got to stick together but we can do it (laughs) yeah totally but yeah thank you so much that's it for this week everybody goodbye bye I'm so glad that Andrew agreed to be interviewed for this podcast. Obviously, the professions that we've seen so far on the podcast have been very science heavy and it's nice to branch out and see that other people in other professions are also making leaps and bounds in higher education. It's also important to note that not every higher education journey is the same. So, Andrew, again, thank you. That's it for this week and I hope everyone has a wonderful winter break Obviously Christmas is looking a bit different this year, but I I hope that everyone has a lovely virtual winter holiday, wherever you celebrate. If you're looking for more information, more content, then please visit my website, pleaseholdfor.squarespace.com. You can follow my Insta at pleaseholdforinsta. And we also have a YouTube channel, which is showing episodes of our other podcast, Sparking Connections. That's it for this week, and you'll hear from me in the new year.